podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. And it's Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, Albie Shore. And uh, we are, man, we're maxing and relaxing here on the Tortillas and Takes podcast. It is the off season. We got our feet kicked up. You know what I'm saying? I just took two and a half weeks out uh, enjoying Chicago and Texas. Um, you know, because if there is Chicago and Illinois are two different places, so I'm not just going to say the state of Illinois and the state of Texas. That's not that's not accurate. So I went to Chicago, then I went down to Texas, went to Dallas, went to Houston, did the whole thing, whole shebang, and now I'm uh, uh, back in the middle of nowhere on the East Coast. Uh, but the person that stays in Texas that doesn't leave Texas ever is the People's Champ himself, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? I stay Texas. I stay West Texas. That's for sure. Except the one time I went to Mississippi, but we do not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have a great time in Stark Vegas, huh? You were just like, oh, man. Did not. F that. Huh? White uh, barbecue sauce is elite. I'll say that. Oh. Changed my life, but then I left. I, I got the I got the best bits, and I realized it's time to come home. Got the hell out of Dodge, huh? Um, well, uh, a team that ended up getting the hell out of Dodge was the Florida Gators. They had a day. Actually, I was watching the College World Series the other night. Uh, they put a spanking on LSU, and they thought Ish was sweet because they came back for Game Three and got waxed. Oh man, they got whooped. I remember thinking in Game Two, Jeremy, and I know this is the Texas Tech pod, and we're not going to spend too much time on Florida versus LSU. But I remember thinking I watched Game Two, and they won like I think they put up twenty four runs in Game Two, and uh, I remember thinking this is too many. Like, this is too many against the team you got to play tomorrow. Right? You know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes you beat a team by too much. Like, you, you do too much. And I felt like Florida was doing too much. Everybody was kicking and hoo-hooing. Right? And then it was, it's like, y'all aren't that much better than them. And I know I've, I've predicted Florida to win the, the national championship for, like, the past two months. I've been all in on the Gators. I, I, I thought for a while they were the best team in baseball. Um, but they did, they did too much. And LSU came back in game three and was like, all right. <laughs> That's how y'all going to do me? And uh, it was a wrap. So LSU <laughs> did win the national championship in baseball. Uh, Gox Tigers, good for them. Um, but we off that, Jeremy. So this is. We off that SEC baloney. <laughs> we don't care about it. That ain't our problem. That ain't our problem. We're sending our worst their way, and that's it. <laughs> that's right. See, the thing. Texas fans, you know, they're all excited about football. Y'all forget. Y'all, you know, football and baseball, Texas fans do care about. And those are two sports that they're going to, like, a much tougher conference. <laughs> It's going to be, yeah, good luck. Good luck. Enjoy the Vanderbilt-level uh, rivalry. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, um, you know, one thing that has been that has been very interesting when it comes to Texas and, and uh, the Texas Longhorns, if you will, is there has been a, you know, let me backtrack a little bit, Jeremy. Last year, if you remember, um, there was a little bit of an off-season battle between Texas and Texas Tech. Last year... We were getting into it, you know, as a fan base. We won, you know, best fan base in the country, a Twitter poll that, you know, we really care about for whatever reason. Um, yeah. Well, they're and we were, we were We were really getting into it, you know, with, with other teams, other fan bases. And one of the things that really riled up Texas fans, right, because Texas Tech fans, we always get riled up when it comes to something that we're dealing with Texas. But one of the really riled up Texas fans and really got in their feelings was that Quinn Ewers had the audacity to be pitting Texas Tech and Texas together, right? Texas fans felt like, they, how dare you have to really... How dare you? Uh, 
deliberate between the two universities. And of course, Quinn Ewers ended up eventually choosing to go to the Texas Longhorns. Um, but for a while there, it looked like, man, there's a chance that this all-star quarterback could really pick Texas Tech. And he was at the very least impressed enough with Texas Tech to have them in, have us in, in his final two, right? I, I mean, I know there was some pundits out in Austin that felt that he was just using Tech to drive up the NIL offer or whatever. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. But we were at the very least thought of like, hey, we're, I'm going to use this team school to drive up that NIL return uh, more, you know, and that just kind of says where Joey was at the time and where we were. So now there's another prospect that is doing this. And this time his name is Michael Hudson. Now, Jeremy, to me, this feels different than Quinn Ewers. There was never a time during the whole Quinn Ewers thing that I thought he was really going to choose Texas Tech over Texas, right? I I thought the whole time he still was going to choose Texas, but that he was making making them sweat a little bit, and, and who knows what could happen. However, for Micah Hudson, it kind of feels like it may be more of a surprise if he wasn't to choose Texas Tech. Like, we've kind of been the front runner for a little bit. And the only bi- only person, only people that don't think that Texas is uh, that the Texas Tech won't be chosen are people that just can't wrap their heads around the fact that Texas Tech could potentially be chosen. I mean, what do you think about this whole Micah Hudson thing? And also, you know me, I, as much as I like looking at recruiting, the, the putting any hope into what a 17-year-old does is just like who like it's it's volatile like who cares like at that point right but what are your thoughts on this whole thing i mean well to speak to michael hudson i think it's been a really exciting roller coaster you know and this is one of those things i'm with you that like you really can't just get you can't get into this like you can't make this your identity you can't think and this this is what texas fans do right they they got to have the five stars. They're Texas. That's where all the five stars go. Um, big parentheses to to die, to for their careers to die. But it's where the five stars go, right? They're the flagship university uh, in Texas, and I won't deny that, right? Biggest brand in college, biggest brand in like, collegiate sport, biggest logo, all that jazz. They are it. Um, <clears throat> but you're right. The audacity that anybody would consider Texas Tech and Texas to be competitive. Uh, and now you have a five-star prospect who's right now 22nd in the 2024 class just overall. Um, can't tell you the last time that Texas Tech had a five-star. Exactly. Right? Technically I can't tell you never, that, it? but I, it's, it makes it annoys me because there's I can think of on the top of my head of two, even three occasions, where we had a five-star and they dropped him down after he committed. And I, in, in my belief, this is why all these ranking services are trash. But. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's nothing to say about all the five stars that go to these big universities and just really do not pan out. Um, even some people who are, like, number one overall wide receiver, quarterback, and they just kind of flop. Because uh, college is different. College is different than high school, and a lot, of, a lot of people don't transfer that way. But with Micah Hudson, you know, fitting into, like, the fact that Texas Tech is even in the conversation is a huge win for Joey. And I talked about this on the Longhorn, uh, that Longhorn pod with Gerald and them. That, like, I don't think, you know, I don't think if, if Hudson decides to go to Texas, I don't think we're really reeling. Um, because what Joey McGuire has wanted to do since day one is be in the conversation. And you've seen the kind of recruits that he's attracting. I mean, right now, every recruit that we have is from the state of Texas. Um, he's using his high school recruiting uh, pipelines. He, he's getting in the conversation, and he's getting there first. 
That's the big thing is that McGuire's getting there before anybody else. That is a that is like, you know, that means a lot to players. Like the first person to come up to you after a game and shake your hand and be like, hey, you know, did great today. I'm with this, you know, we'll just be keeping an eye on you. That means a lot, right? Because you put a lot of time and effort into your craft. Having somebody come out and see you, you know, you're always gonna remember, you're always gonna remember your first. So um, you know, Texas Tech being the ones yeah, no, that was terrible. But Texas Tech being the ones um, to be there first means a lot. It keeps you in the conversation till the very end. And so McGuire's doing exactly what he's wanted to do from day one. And so it's exciting for me. I mean, Texas fans are sweating bullets that, uh, well, you know what? They were sweating bullets. Now they're just being nasty um, about Micah Hudson. They're just being nasty. He's, you know, saying all the worst things about him. Um so I'd be interested. It would be an interesting turn of events if he did go to Texas. But like you said, I mean, crystal ball predictions have moved 100% Texas Tech. You know, he's scrubbed his profiles completely from the trolling he was doing against really, I mean, every school in existence. He's 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 really played this out, and it's it's been a fun ride. Can't get too lost in the weeds of it, right? Because at the end of the day, it's an 18-year-old. <laughs> it's an 18-year-old, period. <laughs> yeah, I mean... To be fair, if, if if Hudson was to choose Texas, we've been hurt before. It's not a big deal. <laughs> hey, we got hurt last yeah, year we, we'll, with yours. We'll move on. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. And we still beat them. So yeah, that's fine. It's like, okay, move on to the next. Like, we, we've really just become a trolling fan base at this point. So it's like, it's, it's no, no question if, if Hudson was to choose Tech over Texas, that hurts them a lot more than it hurts us. Like, we're used to it at this point. They're not, they're, those guys over there aren't as used to to missing out on a five star to, to Texas Tech of all of all universities. So um but I you know I do think I will say though him being a receiver matters, right? And and um that's I think one place where as a program you can kind of say, look, when it comes to receivers, we stack up, right? We, you know, just I mean, obviously you have Michael Crabtree, but not even Michael Crabtree. You know, you look at some of the guys that made it to the NFL. Eric Azukama literally just got drafted out of Texas Tech just a couple just what last year. Right. You Kiki Kuti, who remained in the NFL, he's still in the NFL as well. Just kind of is, is on the Colts now. Um, you also have uh, uh, we, m- m- Dream Jakeem Grant is right is star Pro Bowl kick returner. Um, didn't get a chance to play last year because of injury, but like we have receivers that are currently in the league. Um, and so you know if you're you Duran Brantley is right is 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 you know, likely going to be a preseason all big 12 candidate. So if you are a guy like Micah Hudson and you're, you look at tech and you say, Oh, they actually can do and get, can get me to the league just as well as Texas can. I mean, we, the other day in the chat, we were comparing the two and Texas is receivers. I mean, they have some receivers, they have, you know, Duvernay and, 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 um, uh, uh, my boy, little Jordan Humphreys, but like that's, they, they do have some guys, but it's not, a league above, it's not anything above. Actually, I'd argue Tech's catalog is a little bit better, right? I mean, then I mean, and, and again, of course, you do have Crabtree, right? So, but and, and Welker, Welker, and like, so not even just recent memory, but overall, like history of the programs, Tech's a little bit better. So, if you're Micah Hudson, I think it's the one position where where Texas can't really just puff their chest out against Texas Tech, right? If we're talking about defensive end, then maybe. Are right, you talking about linebacker? Then maybe, but receiver, mm, not too much. And I, and I will say, looking at some of the the message boards and, and stuff like that from Texas that comes out is, I always said that one thing about Texas fans that's funny is they really live in a bubble, man. 
they really live in a bubble. Uh, because I, one one comment that came out was other than mediocre. If you haven't seen the 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 mediocre is spelled M E A T Y space O A K E R mediocre. Calling Texas Tech mediocre. Um, other than that one, but there was one that just said like, "Oh, Hudson really needs to think about his future and who's going to be passing him the ball and stuff like that." And and I'm I'm like, do you like Shucks not y'all don't even know who the quarterback is. Like this idea that you know who they, who who the hell is going to be throwing him the ball. So y'all have no idea who the quarterback even is, right? Like I'm not saying that 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 Shucks is the greatest quarterback in the Big Twelve, but to act like he's just some nobody is kind of kind of wild to me, right? Like you have zero idea who who either quarterback is, um, both between Shuck and Morton. So that's that's kind of where I just say Texas fans, y'all just live truly in a bubble. You have no idea what happens outside of Texas and maybe Oklahoma, but that's it as far as you. And that's why I think for Texas fans, they can't even get over the fact that they're not winning the big 12 every other year because they don't even know who the hell is playing in the big 12. And so that's, uh, you know, and so that's, that's just that, but good old recruiting in, in the big 12. I am glad the fan base for the most part just kind of sits back and trolls now um, instead of, of crying their crying our eyes out as far as being, being listed pretty low and, and Jeremy, I think one thing is, is right now, as we look ahead to 2024, uh, we're number one in the big 12. We have right now, right now, as we speak, uh, less than a year before the 2024 signing day, um, well, roughly about six months before the 2024 sign, uh, early signing day. Um, we are number one in 20th in the country, number one in the big 12. Uh, and, you know, we were at, at one point last year for the 2023 class. We were number one in the country. That was that was wild. Yeah, was, well, we were having a time. <laughs> that was a that was that was wild. We ended up settling a little bit further back. We were we according to the on3.com rankings, we finished at 27th in the country, um, fourth in the big fourth in the 2023 iteration of the Big 12. Uh, now we're about to be first in the 2024 iteration of the Big 12. And what I mean by that is, uh, as we talk about the Big 12 in 2024, Texas and Oklahoma are not in it, so they do no longer count. Uh, but if we counted Texas and Oklahoma, of course, uh, we would be third. Um, as uh, Actually, I take that back. We'd be second. Wow, come on, Longhorns. What y'all doing? We'd be second in the Big 12 in the 2024 rankings if we included the uh, the dastardly two. But, um uh, but yeah, what, I mean, Joey, he he keeps it coming. Like, to your point, I mean, no, no, uh, we have four four stars in this one. Are everybody's within Texas. I mean, what do you think about this class overall? I think you have, yeah. So I think that you know, promises made, promises kept. He he's looking at recruiting Texas and recruiting Texas hard. So again, getting out there early and often, letting recruits know, like, hey, this is what the Texas te- the brand is about. And he's attracted a lot of really good pair- players. Um, you know, from Odessa, you got Ivan Carrion, wide receiver, who's got a lot of potential. Uh, most recently, like Ellis Davis, the offensive tackle. Lord knows we need more, like, quality linemen. Like, if... Mm-hmm. Yes. 6'7", 275. Monster. And just, like, we need to be focusing on, the like, the foundational pieces of football because, you know, you, through the Cliff era, it's like, hey, let's go get a bunch of skilled players and kind of throw it around, which he's from that Mike Leach tree. It makes total sense. Um, the Wells era did its own thing. And then now it's like, how do we get back to more of a <laughs> – how do we get back, back to more of a – the ability to do either, right? And so what what separates good teams from great teams is a team that can, like, 
run the ball well and also pass the ball well. Have an option. And, you know, McGuire wants to get to that point where, you know, we've got really good running backs. You know, Cameron Valdez is coming up. Taj Brooks is going to have a good season this year. You know, we have to have people... We have to have all the pieces, excuse me, to make the running game a real threat. Because when we do, and we've talked about this million times, when your running game is an actual threat, your pass game opens up even more. And so, getting that, getting that opportunity with players like um, Ellis Davis uh, and um, th- play players like that, and we got a couple people we're looking at. It's just my mind's going a thousand miles a minute. This just, you know, McGuire's putting together the right pieces. I think he's looking at what is this? What does this team really need? And he's going after it, and he's getting really good commits from that. So Cheeto Feely is an edge player, four star, and then Tyson Turner is just kind of an athlete who's probably going to end up being um, probably end up being a wide receiver or some kind of like gadget player, um, another four star. But you know, Brian Texas, Ashisi Texas, uh, uh, Sashay Texas, excuse me, Odessa, Prosper, um, Pearland, Beckville, Hutto, um, Hutto's a super small town, Lubbock, right? You get Holton Hendricks, who's a Lubbock guy. Let's get Lubbock players. Um, Focusing on the things he promised he wanted to do, huge win for me. The fact that we are, I think, 22nd overall, um, Not, I'm not too worried about the overall, you know, because I really firmly believe that McGuire, and again, this is the big win for me for the Texas Tech brand, is that we don't need to be top 10 recruiting to produce, like, wins, we need the right pieces to produce wins because you've got an excellent coordinator in Zach Kitley. You've got a, a you've got a really good game manager manager, which we haven't had in some time. And uh, Joey McGuire, right? You've got a you've got an average defense. Like Lord, you know everybody rags on Texas Tech for hey Patrick Mahomes. He was so good, but couldn't win at Texas Tech. And everybody's like, well, we had a historically bad defense. If we only had an average defense, uh, this would have been a really elite uh, team. And it's just like, now I see McGuire focusing on how do we fix those pieces so that we can compete for the Big 12. And I think think that's an excellent win. You know, he's getting the right guys. Yeah, I I mean, and I I will say one thing I really like about his his, uh, recruiting right now is the trenches. Like, we're looking at guys in the trenches. You talked about Ellis Davis. What about Chetta Ophelia? Um, you know, the four-star edge rusher, right? Like the kind of uh, um, capitalizing on getting that edge rusher drafted high. So let's go out and get us another one, right? Um, You know, the fact that we have, and not only that, I mean, I kind of mentioned it before as far as us having uh, four four four-stars currently, and there's four four four-stars right now that Tech's favored to also potentially get and grab. That's not even counting Hudson. So five, you include Hudson. Right. I mean, that's and those are, you know, not just guys out on the not just guys out on the wing like Johanna Cardenas and and Bethel Roman. But also who if we listen, you know, the guy that I really want, Jeremy, and it's going to be a long shot. But he actually just he had a visit to Tech the other day and, and you could tell whether he chooses Tech or not. Excuse me. Whether he chooses Tech or not, he is fully bought in. And that's Casey Poe, Casey Poe from Lindale. He's bought it, right? Like, and he and he may not choose Tech, and there's actually a very good chance he doesn't. And I, 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 it's really hard to say no to Alabama. <laughs> it's very hard to say no to Nick Saban in Alabama. So I'm not. Uh, uh, they are not only recruiting him hard; they're recruiting him just as hard as, as Tech is. Um, so there's a very. So I think it will be unlikely he comes to Texas Tech. But I will say this: regardless of whether he comes to Tech or not, 
they are like he has bought into what McGuire is doing. He's looking over at Texas Tech and saying, I may or may not be a part of this, but man, they're gonna be great. Like they're gonna be doing they're doing Oh, and not just stuff. great, he said playoff bound. Yeah, yeah. He, he said they are gonna be in the playoffs. I fully believe it. Um, you know, and, and his mind is they're gonna be in the playoffs, but Alabama will be too. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you know, I have a guaranteed NFL spot if I stay here yeah, in Alabama. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, I can't be mad at that. So, but it does, it does great, bring up a great point. I will say, Jeremy, to that end, all right. Um, right now, I, I mentioned it earlier. The Texas Tech at one point was the number one recruiting class in the entire country for last year. Uh, this year, we're we're num- we slid down to twenty seventh. This year, we're number we're twentieth in the country. Number one in the new Big 12, right? Would have been second in the old Big 12, but still number one in the new Big 12. Can that be sustained? As I remember, like, as I said earlier, we went from first in the Big 12 last year to fourth, right? We, we slipped behind Oklahoma, TCU, and Texas. This year, we are number one in the new Big 12. Uh, right now, as I, as I say it out, it's us number one, TCU second, Cincinnati third, Baylor fourth. Can we keep this up and remain number one in the Big 12? What do you think? It's hard for me to say yes because it's never happened, right? Um, but when you have, like, James Blanchard out there, the director of, you know, player personnel, like, that dude that dude goes out and gets recruited. Like, this, this, we've never had a culture of recruiting like we've had this past two years. Like this, I mean, you see it on Twitter, man. They're just getting excited and it even it seems silly, but the fact that they're tweeting, like all the coaches are tweeting about it, like that they're excited that there's something big happening. Like players see, like like recruits see that, and they like they buy in. I mean, again, remember they're just kids, and so like all the stuff like this, all the small things that we as like we grow older, we kind of lose that luster for. You know, we lose that that sense of wonder. These like these kids are just coming into university. Like remember the first time you even came to a university. It's all exciting. And so the more you kind of sprinkle onto that, the better. And so um, really, I think going forward, uh, it's going to be a very Texas Tech TCU battle. And TCU has really big benefit of the doubt because they were just in the playoff, but they also just got waxed in the playoff. So (laughs) um, I just think, you know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of question about, you know, who really claims the Dallas, the DFW area. There's a lot of recruits that come out of DFW. Um, that's not to say anything wrong for, like, Lake Travis, obviously, putting out a ton of top top recruits. Um, you know, places like Katy, you know, all throughout Houston. But DFW is kind of this big tension point for the Big 12 because, you know, Waco's not too far from it. TCU's right there on the hotbed. Texas Tech has a huge alumni base um, in DFW. I don't know, man. Like, I think that it's going to come down to Texas Tech and TCU. And I think, I, I, I think more people will buy into the vision that Tech, because we have to remember that Sonny Dykes kind of inherited, I mean, really inherited Gary Patterson's team. And Gary Patterson was a great recruiter. And so Sonny Dykes inherited this team and did really good things with it. But like, we haven't seen Sonny Dykes, we haven't really seen like Sonny Dykes recruiting efforts. We haven't seen, um, you know, what is his plan with recruits? What, how is he going to maximize lower level talent? And we've already seen Joe McGuire is like, Hey, I'm going to take you. I'm going to, I'm going to use you to the best of your ability. I'm going to make you even better. And then we're going to see where we can take this thing. And like you said, with, I think Casey, uh, Casey a really good example because it shows that kind of, this guy's not even 
you know, I'm, I have no faith that he's going to come to Texas Tech. I wish he would. He's not going to. His offer list is way his, his offer list is out the door. And with Alabama leading the pack, he just had his official visit. Loved it. Loved it so much. How would you not? Um, but the fact that he would probably still say, "Oh yeah, Texas Tech, you got to go." Like if if you get an offer, buy in, because just just that's just the vision that McGu- Coach McGuire can pitch, and this whole this whole staff is on the same side. And that's a really powerful thing, you know? And so I do think for the 2024 class with the new Big 12, I think that Texas Tech takes the edge there. I absolutely do. And it's because uh, you're, of you're, you're our— You're full of it. You're full of it. No! Ladies well, and, and also, gentlemen, pre-pod— I mean, with Micah Hudson. With Micah Hudson. Pre-pod, committed. pre-pod he, was ca- <laughs> he is capping right now, okay? Isn't that what the kids say? <laughs> Cap. I'm cap. I'm, I'm wearing my cap. <laughs> yeah. I got my cap on. And so, well, you know, what you listen, were talking about, I mean, we've been talking about recruiting listen. and you've been talking about Casey Poe. I'm just like, damn it. That's, that's, a, lot, that's a lot of truth there. <laughs> listen, pre-pod, Jeremy said we stink. Okay. He was like, we stink. Oh, yeah, you back up. <laughs> you back up. <laughs> Joey doesn't know what he's doing. True words. True. No, true words have never been spoken. I think Mike, so I, I, my take on this is that I think Micah Hudson commits, and I think that gets other people to want to commit, and I think that helps us keep the edge against TCU in the end. So I will say this. All right. I um, I, I do think – Because five stars a lot of points. Well, I do think Tech's going to remain the number one team in the, in the conference recruiting, but you do bring up a good point as far as Tech Tech versus TCU. Because this is la- – 2023 class, the number if, – if you take away Texas and Oklahoma out of it – um, TCU had the best class in that, and and who was second? It was Tech, right? And now we're going to hit in 2024 as of right now. Texas Tech's number one, TCU's number two. Now we currently have 14 commits to their nine. But one thing that's interesting, and I've talked about this in previous episodes before, is that a lot of the times the score is inflated depending on the number of commits. And I usually, usually look at the their average rating. You know, surprise, surprise, our average rating is a little bit higher, right? And of the 13 four-star recruits in, currently committed to a Big 12 team in 2024, nine of the 13 are committed to either Texas Tech or TCU, right? So um, I do think it's a good point. I will say this, though, because I was I did some digging, and I, I tried to see, okay, well, who else is out there for both these teams? Who, what offers have they given out? Who are they still kind of going after? Um, and I mentioned earlier that there were about four to five, four-slash-five-star recruits that Tech was still favored for. Like, this Tech had a really good shot at potentially getting them to commit. I did the same thing for TCU. I can only find one, right? TCU was in the running for a lot of them, but we're only likely to commit one of them. And I actually think that as we go on and as the battles continue, as we're because we're still going to be battling against Texas and Texas A&M and Oklahoma, and, and, and as, even with them in the SEC, but one thing that we always hear from these fan bases is, is that, well, these players are going to want to play SEC football, and they're going to leave – you know, not going to want to play Big 12 football, not going to want to play Big 12 football. I actually think, and I think you're seeing it in the 2024 class, that that hurts TCU more than anyone, right? Because as I look back at their the guys they were in the running for and some of the commits they lost, a large chunk of the commits they lost and the commits that they look to be on the way to losing are going to Texas or Texas A&M. Like a large amount. A large amount are saying TCU would be my backup, but I want to play SEC football. You know, and I'm not saying that's not happening in Texas Tech too. I mean, there's a few of those instances there for Texas Tech also, but it's it's interesting because it does. You know, you, you got to be a different type of cat to come out to Lubbock, right? To come out to West Texas, 
to go to Fort Worth, go to the DFW, that's not really different. That's still, if you're a five-star recruit, you look at TCU, you say, oh, man, these are really nice facilities. Oh, it's in the Fort Worth. That's great, but I can go play in Austin, right? You're kind of that same similar mindset, right? And so it is interesting, but it, it does seem like, at least in recruiting so far, right? We'll see how it translates to wins and things of that nature. But at least recruiting-wise, it definitely does seem like two years, back-to-back years, it's Texas Tech versus TCU, Right, those are the two teams that are starting to kind of, recruiting-wise, separate themselves. Now, I do think for Joey and company, TCU's already kind of taken that first swing in the pinata. They went to the national championship game last year. Even though they got beat up mercilessly against Georgia, um, they didn't even go to the national championship game. So they did. They have kind of put the 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 first stamp into saying this is our conference. So I think this. That's why I say this year is immense. To, to have a, a pretty good year. And I'm not saying you have to necessarily win the national championship, go to the national championship game, which would be fantastic. But you at the very least got to build off the remote momentum of both recruiting and winning eight games last year. You got to really continue to be uh, to be this. And I think you will, to your point, we're going to reap the benefits of that um, on the trailer. We're going to get more and more good recruits that um, are saying, you know, whether I play, I just want somebody who's going to set me up for success. Regardless of it's, if it's in the SEC, it's in the ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve doesn't matter. I want a team and a coaching staff that I believe in, and you're going to get more of those, you know, those Micah Hudson. And to your point, if Micah Hudson comes to Tech and balls out, that's just the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and there's so many layers to this, right? Because, you know, when you're talking about it, I think, okay, I mean, then it sounds like a game of attrition between Texas Tech and TCU, and TCU is at the disadvantage if the big pull is that it's in DFW. Right. Oh, DFW versus Lubbock. Like if you're just if that's all they're caring about, then they're not going to be afraid to say yes to an offer in Austin. Um, College Station, maybe not so much. But like SEC football, you can play it in Austin. And it's like, okay, and that's a thing. That's a big thing right now between Texas A&M and Texas is that Texas A&M doesn't want Texas in the SEC because that means that, oh, my God, like now we have it's we don't have that SEC advantage over them anymore. And now people can be like, well, if it's between A&M and Texas. You know, I can play for the bigger brand. I can live in Austin and I can play in the SEC. And it's like, that sucks for AM. And so kind of the same thing in a different in a different light for TCU. If they're just coming for DFW, like that's a big push for them. That's going to be a really hard sell with, you know, you also think about, you know, you got Sonny Dykes in his second year. I don't hear diddly nothing about recruiting for TCU. And, you know, we are, I am definitely in a tech bubble, especially on social media. So I could be missing a lot, but like when it comes to, you know, I feel like Texas tech harasses other schools because of our recruiting efforts. Like, because, you know, people are, people are constantly like, dang, like is Texas tech really going to like try to do this? Number one being Texas, right? Like we're, we're bothering Texas fans because we continue to go after their recruit. Like we, we continue to have recruits in the same pool. Um, but it takes us, you know, so what is your staff doing um, to illustrate your university and your program and the facilities that you have? Okay, how do recruits, what do recruits want with facilities? Do they really care about facilities or do they like really care about facilities? You know, does it come down to a personal relationship with a coach? Because like when it comes to, you know, Nick Saban, like no, you know, no diss on Nick Saban, but he has no time to really like be a player's coach. He's a coach. He's like a franchise, like I'm going to be, I'm going to do this until I die kind of coach. And he's got good relationships with his players because they have a lot of respect for him. But, uh, you know, 
between him and Joy McGuire, I think Joy McGuire is more of a guy who's going to sit down with a player and talk to him about, you know, what's going on and kind of walk through that with him. Well, I think with Different Joey, personalities. And so, like, what is a player looking for? Yeah, I think with Joey's staff, it's just it's, it's, it's he, he really using his staff at the disposal. So they're out. They're out and they're working. They're going to each different high school there. And they're building those relationships with those students early, those players really early on, right? Like you mentioned earlier, they're, they're getting out ahead of it. So they're, they're uh, the first person to say, hey, man, I, I noticed here, you know, you're, you're, you're a sophomore in high school, not even thinking about college. And here's this college coach saying that you, that you didn't even think college coaches or anybody was on your radar. You haven't even gotten any, uh, so much as a glimpse from Sam Houston, but here comes this Texas tech coach saying, Hey, I really like the stuff that you were doing here. I like this play that you made this, 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 uh, up and over, uh, or this, uh, uh post route, you know, and, and talking about those and you're like, Oh man, you're really paying attention to me. That's fantastic. Right. I do think TCU has been out there, so I don't necessarily want to say they're not, uh, but TCU kind of approaches a little bit differently. Right. And they, and they can, they have the luxury of saying, you know, of kind of being the cool school. Right. They, they have the luxury of kind of sitting back and, and being, you know, kind of swag university and saying, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're funky town we're DFW. Come hang out in the lights. You know, what I'm saying you don't want to go out to the desert, stuff like that. They have a, they have the luxury. Don't want to go out to the of, desert. There it is. Yeah. Yep. They have the luxury of kind of sitting back and, and saying like, hey, we're the you know, we're the swag school. You know, we're you know, we wear these weird purple and, and red, red jerseys because we're, we're just like that. The problem is, is that I think for tech anyway, TCU just won. Right. Like for the longest time, Texas was trying to do that, but Texas was losing, or, or at least not winning like they should be. If you're quote, if you're Texas, quote unquote, um, and so or, or even during the Kingsbury era, where we were trying, we were Swag University, two turn University, but we were going five and seven. Right? Like there's only so much you can do as 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 the Swag University, and when you're not winning games, but for TCU. When you're this cool university, kind of like Ole Miss was back in the, in the the Treadwell days, when you're this cool university and also winning nine, ten games, well then you you're appeasing, and so you're appealing, I should say, and so like it's it's very interesting, and and you kind of talked about layers, and I think the best layers really is layers that I put on when I wear things from Home Field Advantage, right? So <laughs> Home Field Apparel, sorry, HomeFieldApparel.com, uh, make sure to go over there, put in a promo code takes twelve, that's T A K E S one two. Um, you don't want to have your head in your hands like Jeremy just did, right? You want to you want to make sure that you are excited, elated because you just got that new tortilla toss shirt, or you got that new shirt with Raider Red with the two guns out with the ba- half basketball logo on there. Right, get you something nice. It's summertime, right? Get you a tank. Get you a nice tank from Home Field Apparel that not only it has the nice breeze on your back, but also it feels so soft. You want to have it. You want to use our promo code to get fifteen percent off from your first order. T-A-K-E-S-1-2, that's takes 12, get it, look good while doing it. So we've talked a lot about football, Jeremy, and, and how, you know, um, how well we think this team is doing. I do want to point out that as of right now, as I look at the on3.com rankings, Texas Tech currently has a, right now we have an 88.693 score. TCU has an 86.786 score. So it's not even like it's it's close. It's, it's We have a decent gap. As the number one team, um, and I will say the reason I do think this is sustainable, not just because I mentioned uh, all the four stars that we, we're currently still pursuing, but this is about the ranking. We, we also had an 88.196 ranking last year. So this is about the ranking we had last year. So I do think it's sustainable. I think there's a really good chance, especially with Oklahoma and Texas not in the, in the conference anymore, that uh, Tech finishes the year on signing day as the number one team in the Big 12, which would be the first time since joining the Big 12, that uh, we have the number one recruiting class in the conference. 
I love it. Yep. I'm here for it. I think that's, you know, the consistency matters. And so if we stay at that, that rank, um, kind of stay at that ranking, um, excuse me, that point ranking, or even, you know, get even better, awesome. Like I think if you're doing, if you're staying at that, kind of like that B average, if you want to, if you want to put it on that scale, um, that's very Texas Tech, right? And so you can build off of that, especially when you start winning, that will increase with time. And something else, when we were talking about recruiting efforts, I think a little like um, footnote I want to put onto that is that when they're getting out there early and you think about getting out there with sophomores and being specific with like, hey, I like the post route. Hey, I like the way you use your hands. Uh, I like the, you know, I like the way you do all these different things. Um, these players are not ranked at all. And so Texas Tech will offer unranked guys, which means a lot because for those guys, it's like, I may know I'm a five star, or I'm a four star. I don't have like that ranking right now because nobody, you know, really gives a hoot but texas tech was there and texas tech was there before and, and as soon as they get that ranking other schools come knocking right and so it, it just means a lot that's the kind of loyalty that some athletes are that's the kind of loyalty that if athletes want that kind of loyalty like that's the that's the kind of players that mcguire wants so i do think that we continue to stay competitive i i do think that you know winning the big 12 looks a lot more a lot of different ways. One way is being in the in the recruiting game, and I think Joy McGuire is going to continue to be a menace in that in that arena. Yeah, so I'm excited. Can I just say one thing real quick? Remember, we were all told that she, that you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk mess about my my grad school real quick. Remember, we were all told that Houston was gonna come in and just like wreck shop, and they were gonna be a sleeping giant. Uh, let me just kind of point out a lot of uh, early preseason polls have Houston dead last in the Big Twelve next year. Um, also, Houston currently is second to last in the 2024 recruiting rankings. They were very low in the 2023 recruiting rankings. Mind you, it, Houston's been telling these recruits they're going to be in the Big 12 now for the last, what, year at least? Two years? So it's not like they're, you know, I, I was told by U of H fans that this was, you know, once we had the same advantages, it'd be easy. That's what I was told. You know, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just putting that out there once it's a, I was super sleepy giant. They're still sleepy. Yeah. They're sleeping. That's what I was told. So I'm just, just kind of pointing that out there. You know, I, I was told this, so, um, I, I didn't believe it, but that's what I was told anyways. Um, so we talked a lot about football, 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 football. There was a recent commit to the Texas, to Texas tech university. Uh, Jeremy, I don't know if you, you've heard about it. Um, this commit to tech is uh you know kind of a speaking of a, a team that uh doesn't get a lot of of notoriety and they should uh Max Huffling from Abilene Christian has committed to the baseball team he is six foot nine and two hundred and fifty three pounds that man is massive I just want to point that out real quick he's huge um he's a left handed pitcher uh, he should be pretty should be pretty good should be pretty decent I know we went went against them this year um so will be interesting but that's actually not who I was talking about. Um, I was actually, I was, <laughs> I was actually talking about Devin Cambridge, Devin Cambridge, a six foot six wing played at Arizona state last year, put up about what nine points a game last year from Arizona state was teammates with our other transfer Warren Washington. So, uh, you know, two of their starters coming over from Arizona state to Texas tech, you might as well call us the Texas tech sun devils. Um, but, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, now, as we talk about, we're talking about a pre-pod, there's 11 players right now signed to the team next year. Um, so, Devin Cambridge, I already talked about Warren Washington. We have Darian Williams, the, the transfer from Nevada. Kyron Lindsey, the transfer from Georgia that has um, is remained true. He was he was a guy that was transferring beforehand and has kind of stayed the course so far. 
Um, you know, we, we also have uh, Chance McMillian, the grad, the Grand Canyon transfer. Um, Drew Steffi, the high schooler, he's still he's still committed and, and on to come in, as well as the five guys that stayed behind. So that's 11 guys that we currently have, um, you know, staying the course, as well as there's been reports Toussaint uh, that recently decommitted, uh, Joe Toussaint, the recently decommitted from West Virginia, is right now on course to have an official visit uh, at Texas Tech. Um, a lot of momentum going towards him potentially signing. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the roster is kind of coming together not the same excitement behind the basketball team right now is, as we've seen on the football side. But I mean, what are your thoughts around the basketball recruiting? I think it's, it's, uh, man, Dang, deep sigh, huh? it's tough. Already. I, <laughs> I don't want to be so, I don't want to be so sad about it. I can't think of the word, um, it's lackluster. It's lackluster because these are a lot of players that just are not on any, like, the common man's radar, right? And so that's the thing, is that we've been getting used to, oh, Tech is pulling these transfers that are kind of a big deal, um, and McCaslin has just not operated that way. And I think that's not, uh, it's not a bad thing, because, but it's just different, right? So McCaslin has, like, said that he has a vision for this team, that he knows what it takes to win, um, just trust the we process, just don't know Jeremy. what that looks like. Hey, trust the process. We just don't know what that looks like. And so for us as tech fans, we've had, you know, we have been graced by the national spotlight with, you know, starting under really at the end of the Tuberville era, not Tuberville. Oh my God. Oh, wow. Um, Tubby Smith. I don't know oh, I said Tuberville. Um, you know, kind of at the end of the Smith, the Smith era who recruited a lot of really good players, Beard inherits those players continues to build on that and then we have adams who comes after that and there's a huge storylines with all that jazz interconference conflict and all that like we have been graced with the spotlight continuing to get brighter and brighter and brighter on texas tech and appearing in a national championship game and now this like idea of a pedigree has been solidified the problem is is that we have the expectation that that should just be continued and mccaslin doesn't carry that same attention right he wasn't this big splash hire you know some people were hating him some people were loving him most people were like i don't know let's just find out um and his recruiting has been very quiet it's been very slow and methodical like he's taken a while to build a roster he's taken a while to build a coaching staff um and we are expecting you know with adams coming in after beard he just kind of refilled everything super quickly Good coaching staff. Remember, he had Barrett Peary. Then he got Corey Williams. You know, he had a lot of good people on staff. Got a lot of good transfers. Made an elite, you know, elite eight run um, or sweet 16 his first year. And we're thinking, oh, wow. Like, it's it's all going to be good and gravy. Well, then the next year really wasn't. But we think that we're going to, like, hire a new guy and bounce back and be right where we were. And that's just not the case, right? But McCaslin has this vision, and I don't know what it is. So I have no idea about the players that he's recruiting. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about in the chat. I mean, you were mentioning, hey, Joe Dutton, Joe, uh, not Joe Dutton, um, Devin Cambridge uh, from Arizona State, you know, great wingspan, good defense, can get up and down the court really well, you know, just has a good IQ for the game. The problem is, is that, you know, even though, and he played at Auburn, let's not forget, from 2019 to that 2021, 2022 season, but even at Auburn, really not producing that much on the sheet. And as a guard, 
you know, for Texas Tech fans, if you have a guard coming in and he's not scoring double digits, you're instantly unimpressed with him because you need somebody who's out there scoring baskets. But again, it's not McCaslin's ball, right? McCaslin wants to play slow, methodical, defense, grind it out, win with the lowest score possible, probably super frustrating, but you get the dub. And even though Tech fans are super against that, like that's what got you to the national championship. And so I think that there's just a lot that we have to be patient about. And one of those things is this this just figuring out his vision for this team because it seems all over the place, and I have no idea what to expect. I did I did miss out on one player, Emilio uh, Yalajo, the Hawaiian big man. Um, he also is another one we have. So right, I mean, as of right now, we do have two scholarships remaining with Deshaun Jackson um, being uh, decommitting uh, earlier today. Uh, so we do have or yesterday, I should say, uh, Monday. Um, so we do uh, we do have two scholarships remaining. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see what he does with those two scholarships, right? I I, I do think. Listen, to your point, this these aren't players that is just known, right? It's not like he went out and got like an Oscar Chibwe type player or like, uh, like Kentucky did a couple years back or, you know, like he didn't go out and make these splash guys, but you know, it's, it's, he went out and there's a lot of players that kind of fit certain molds, like a lot of good wingspan. He, he got the, got a guy like Juan Washington, who's an up and down player. I really, really enjoy, um, or I really, really like the, the, the latest pickup, um, uh, there, um, I really, really like the latest pickup there from Cambridge with Cambridge. Sorry, um, and and because he fits right with the things he did with Arizona State last year. Really good defender, a really good slasher, a guy that can get a bucket here and there. But it's going to get the points the dirty way, the hard way. Um, and I really enjoy that about him. Enjoy the way that he plays there. Uh, so it's 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 interesting to see what he'll what what McCaslin's going to do. I think getting Toussaint would be huge. Um, so that is that is something that I think will. Is could potentially be there, um, but you know, uh, Tyron Lawrence is another one that could potentially be there. But um, I, you know, I'm again. I I think with when it comes to the off season, none of this matters. What does matter is wins and losses. So let's see what the wins and losses turn out to be. Um, let's see if he puts if he puts all this together. Uh, let's see let's see how this is going to be. I will say I did I did say and I put this in our chat that the Devin Cambridge signing. Um, did kind of kind of reminded me of Adonis Arms when he came, right? Had good length, um, and got buckets and got uh, got did things the dirty way, and that's kind of what I felt like when I watched Cambridge at Arizona State last year, getting buckets the dirty way. So, um, you know, I'm I'm, uh, but you are right that it's just not as exciting, especially when you go to the football side of things where you got wide receivers trolling your rival fan base and and you got all these other things happening. You, you're you kind of want that on the basketball side, but but patience, patience is a virtue. Let's see what happens uh, come November. I will say, the one thing that McCaslin has done that I don't think enough people are talking about, every person he's convinced to come to Lubbock to visit has committed. So oh. I mean, he's bat he's batting a thousand. That's a, is that a <laughs> you know that's so. a germ bomb right there. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Okay. Is that an exclusive? Has anybody has anybody else tweeted this? Did you just come up with that? Um, I don't know if anybody's tweeted it, but it's just been like, I've okay, this person's visiting, commit. Person's visiting, commit. Person's visiting, Dang. commit. I think Tucson will be the only one that I'm kind of worried about 
Nah, man, you gotta keep the but, streak up. You know. This is your germ bomb. This is your you. <laughs> hey, you're you the you're Jer- Jeremy the journalist, giving you true facts on the tortillas and takes podcast here. You know, hey, shout out to you, man. I, I'm proud of you. Um, I really hope this stat is true. Because uh, <laughs> I ain't know nothing about this. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Tucson, no pressure. But, you know, if uh, if you don't commit, you're going to make a liar out of Jeremy. <laughs> so yeah. You're dead to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no pressure. Uh, anything else you want to say to the people, Jeremy? Nope. We are, I mean, off season. So we're, we're doing our best, people. Just stick around. We're excited about everything that's coming up with football. There's going to be plenty to talk about. Um, we are. Let's just await, hopefully, a really exciting commit in the next week or so. I don't know. Um, it's the off season. Period. <laughs> with that, uh, a lot of great changes happening um, in the Texas Tech podcast verse, both here and over at the Ten Twelve Podcast Network. So be on the lookout for that. Good, exciting things. Um, everything. Everything is gravy. Um, but yeah, no, we, we still gonna have our, ki- our feet kicked up. Um, you know, we're gonna start start some some series here. Uh, I got I still gotta come up with a name for this this series uh, where we get into more in depth conversations and, and talks about different topics. We've kind of already talked about. It. I've been calling. I've been titling it "Tortillas and Topics" on the podcast. I, well, like yeah, but, but, do you, should we should we keep? You that? hate that? I don't hate it. I you know I like it. I don't hate it. <laughs> You know. It doesn't excite him, people. He hates everything that I do. <laughs> no, man. All of my efforts are in no, vain. No, man. It's a good, it's a good, you know. I like, I like it. Tortillas and topics. I respect it. I've been seeing it on there. I just didn't know if we were going to continue it. But we can, you know what? Screw it. We're keeping that name. <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping the name. I've been seeing it, but I, I don't know if we were going to keep it. I thought <laughs> no, it was a joke. Keep, I thought you were just joking. No, we're keeping the name. <laughs> we're keeping the name, right? You know, I got to be a good, a good, uh, good teammate here. <laughs> got to be tortillas and topics. We're gonna start this series up throughout the summer. Um, feel free to give us a topic. Feel free to tweet at uh, uh, at Jeremy Dane and at Mister uh, underscore I'll be sure. Give us some topics to talk about on, on tortillas and topics, and and for me and Jeremy to uh, to talk about it. We don't always want to talk about you know just the breaking news of Texas Tech sports. There's some in depth things. I think uh, a lot of a lot of you all liked our our series when we were uh, talking about Hoka and. Some of the different topics we've talked about recently when it, it comes to also thinking about, you know, I think one of the things we had talked about is whether the offseason matters and things of that nature. So um, topics like that where we kind of get more in depth and it's it's we can really debate and, and think about it, I think, are ones that you all like to hear and that we like to talk about. So so feel free to uh, give it to us and uh, we'll uh, give it to each other. No, no innuendos intended. <laughs> On that note, um, for Jeremy Gillen, the People's Champ, this is I'll Be Sure, and you've been listening to Tortillas and Takes Podcast, proudly part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.